Good to gather on this uh, clear, cold Christmas Eve, be able to come together in a warm place and celebrate the birth of our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, as we rejoice together in his birth. Um, we're just going to have a real laid-back family time together, celebrating and singing and uh, looking in the scripture for a few minutes tonight. We are so glad you're with us and could set aside this time to just come and really just pause in the busyness and the hectic schedule of Christmas and all that that is in our culture. Take a deep breath, sit down with the kids, and reflect and think about the gift of life in Jesus Christ. I thought a lot today of the scripture in John chapter 1. And I just want to begin by just reading you a few verses. You just listen as we think of what it says in John 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him, and without Him not anything was made that has been made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in darkness, and the darkness could not overcome it. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory, glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Matt, would you come and lead us in a song and prayer? And then Dave's going to come and read some scripture as well, and we'll continue with the evening together. I always love this time of year and singing, listening to the Christmas carols. Would you stand as we sing together a carol that you all know very well?
Heavenly Father, we come to you on this glorious night. A night we often wonder what it was truly like when, when you came and you came in to live among men. When Mary gave birth in that stable, what was it really like? Cold, I would imagine, stinky with animals. Lord, I am so thankful that you humbled yourself, that you left your glory in heaven to come to be among us. The very greatest gift that that anyone could give is that one would lay down his life for his friends. And truly, that's what you have done for us. Lord, we thank you. We thank you that you sent your son to come, that he would live among men, that he would die among men, so that he could forgive the sins of those who would place their trust in you. Heavenly Father, thank you. Truly, we celebrate tonight on this glorious night, a night that maybe was much like this. We thank you. And we praise you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. Scripture reading is from Matthew chapter 1, verse 18. Now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband, Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, Son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. And all this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife, but knew her not until she had given birth to a son, and he called his name Jesus. Would you stand back up as we sing two Christmas carols together? Till he appears. 
Jesus 
Interspersed in the uh, text that I read when we first began in John chapter 1, there are some other verses where John speaks to us about this person, Jesus Christ, the Word becoming flesh, um, who is the life and the light. And it tells us there in John 1, this is the true light which gives light to every man coming into the world. He was in the world. The the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and yet his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, to them who believed on his name, he gave the right to become the children of God. That's truly the message of Christmas, light. Light coming into the world, men loving darkness rather than light because our deeds are evil, and yet this light has come, and for all who believe and receive him, he has given to us that right to be his children. Um, As we pause for a minute in our service before we sing again and we're going to have a special music, I'd like all the kids to come down. Um, so kids, if you're like, uh, I don't know, if you want an orange or a candy cane, I guess if you feel like a kid, you can come, but I'm going to tell the kids a story, so come on down. And um, let's meet at the front. Kids, you can sit on the floor, and I'm going to talk to you for a minute, so come on down. I didn't know how many kids we'd have, so I bought one box of oranges. If that doesn't fit, some of you are going to have to take candy canes. Your moms will be very proud of you if you take an orange instead of a candy cane. As much sugar is going around, right? Yep, so, yeah. Let's talk for a minute. How many of you have a uh, nightlight? I do. Do you have a nightlight? Anybody else? Nobody else is going to admit to it, but I bet some of you have night. Do you have a nightlight? No, I do not. Are you afraid of the dark? No. No, of course not. Never. But we like nightlights, don't we? You think, think about Christmas. Um, last night, our whole... What was that? You were going to tell me something? Our whole family went bowling and uh, had a pizza, and then we drove around, and we looked at Christmas lights in the town of Afton. It's always fun to do, isn't it? Have you been looking at Christmas lights? Do you? Do you have Christmas lights? We moved to Christmas lights in Arizona, and they have so many Christmas lights because they don't have snow. They don't have snow down there in Arizona. Poor people. What are they missing out on? Right? Keith Klein is down in Arizona watching us online. Keith, are you enjoying that? I bet he's jumping up and down down there in Arizona, thinking about no snow for the next couple of days. But we like lights at Christmas, don't we? One of my, my, my wife, Amy, one of her fondest memories when she was a child is that she would get up in the morning after they had set up their Christmas tree and her dad would have gone in every morning and would plug in the Christmas tree lights and she would get up and come out and see the beautiful Christmas tree and all the lights. You know, it's something that's very symbolic in the lights. You know, we use Christmas lights to remind us that really Christmas is all about light in darkness. We live in a dark world. 
and yet the light has come, Jesus Christ. And I was thinking today of a story um, that happened to me a long time ago, quite a few years ago, when I was living up in Cody, and I was working on a ranch up in Cody. And one evening, my buddy that I worked with and I were going to go elk hunting, and it was getting late. It was about 5 o'clock in the evening. And we were going to go in. My wife, Amy, her dad was an outfitter, and he had, he was called Morning Quick Outfitters. And he had a hunting camp in a place that was very remote back in the wilderness called Dead Indian Creek. And I had been into Dead Indian Creek from the other way, come up Dead Indian Creek to been into his camp, but I had never gone in from the ranch that I worked on. And we decided we were going to leave about 5 o'clock at night, and we were going to go ride in, and we were going to find the camp, and um, we were going to spend a couple days elk hunting. We left. It was just, you know, in the fall, how it gets dark early, and it was just starting to get dark. And we rode out of there. And we had to go up what's called Rattlesnake Creek, and then had to go over a mountain called Monument Hill and drop into Morning Creek down into Dead Indian. And when we got up on Monument Hill, it was really dark, really dark. And uh, we were riding along. And about a week earlier, we had been up there gathering cattle off our cattle allotment up there. And when I, we were riding right in the area where we were riding that day, that night, we had seen a big sow grizzly bear with two cubs. We'd run into her. And uh, all I could think about when I was riding down that dark trail was sure enough there's got to be a mama grizzly here with her babies, and I was getting really nervous. But we finally would come over the hill, and I didn't know. I, I'd never been into Dead Indian that way, and I was getting nervous because it kept going and going and going, and it was darker and darker, and I was getting nervous. And I remember coming over the mountain and looking down into the bottom, and all the way down in the bottom, we could see the hunting camp and see a light. And even though I wasn't there, because I could see the light, I all of a sudden felt so much better because I knew where we were going. The light showed me. Now, in the Bible, there's a verse. Maybe you've heard this verse. Thy word is a lamp to my feet. It's a light to my path. That's what God's word is. And Jesus Christ is God's word come in the flesh who gives us light and life. He gives us direction. You know, there are going to come to times in your life when things are going to feel kind of dark for you and you may be afraid. When you go through those times, you need to look to Jesus Christ and trust in him. Okay? I want to wish you all a Merry Christmas. I'm so glad you're here tonight. You all look beautiful, all you girls. And all you guys, you look somewhat handsome. Okay. How many of you would like uh, an orange? Okay. Why don't you come get an orange, and then you go to your seats, and then Mrs. Edwards is going to come and sing us a beautiful song, and then we got a short message. Maybe I can get it open, and then we'll call it quits. Because you all got to get at home so you can go to sleep early. Right? Yeah. Okay. Then you can wake up, right? Bright and early. Mom and Dad are looking forward to that. They're hoping you get up early. I have to get up early because, I, because my mom has to put stockings. I know. Go ahead and take one. You want an orange? You don't like oranges? He likes oranges. Mom said for you to take one. Would you like an orange?
There you go. Merry Christmas. There you go. You, you don't want one? Would you rather a candy cane? Go ahead. You can take one. Okay. Okay. For her, it was a Christmas unlike any that she had ever experienced before. She was almost all alone in a creative access country, teaching English as a second language. Signs of Christmas were few and far between. 
Amy grew up in the South, the Bible Belt, maybe the buckle of the Bible Belt. The culture and all of its trappings were very solidly Christian. Nativities, Advent candles, the works. But here there was nothing. Well, one Santa down in the town in the window. During the past weeks, she had been meeting with a tiny clutch of her students, reading through the Gospel of Luke, just doing cultural exchange stuff, not really evangelism, just planting seeds, watering, hoping and praying. One slender girl, black-haired like all the rest, seemed extra inquisitive. The nation she was in, she still can't even say the name of it. By the way, this Amy is not my wife. To protect those with whom she was ministering. But the nation was solidly Eastern in every way, in its philosophy and all its religion. Veronica, to give her a name, was like them all, except for that inquisitive look. Slowly she began to open up. Voraciously she began to read the Bible, asking questions, seeking answers, until Christmas had come. They gathered in their little room with her students to read through the Gospel of Luke, the story of Jesus' birth. Now imagine, if you will, that you know nothing of the Christian faith, nothing at all, that you've never heard of Jesus, and then someone tells you that the biggest holiday in the country that they come from commemorates this story. It was at about that same time that Augustus Caesar sent out an order to all the people in the countries that were under Roman rule, and the order said that everyone's name must be put on a list for taxes. Now, this was the first census of all the people that, while Quirinus was the governor of Syria, and everyone traveled to their own hometowns to have their name put on the list. So Joseph left Nazareth, a town in Galilee. He went to the town of Bethlehem in Judea. It was known as the town of David. Joseph went there because he was from the family of David, and Joseph registered with Mary because she was engaged to him. But she was now pregnant. While Joseph and Mary were in Bethlehem, the time came for her to have her baby. She gave birth to her firstborn son. She wrapped him up well and laid him in a box where cattle are fed. She put him there because the guest room was full. That night, some shepherds were out in the fields near Bethlehem. 
They were watching the sheep. An angel of the Lord appeared to them. The glory of the Lord was shining around them, and the shepherds were very afraid. And the angel said to them, Stop being afraid. I have some good news for you. News that will make everyone joyful. Today, your Savior has been born in David's town. He is the chosen one, the Lord. This is how you will know him. You will find a baby wrapped in pieces of cloth, lying in a feed box. Then a huge army of angels was in the heavens, and they were all praising God, and they were saying, Praise God in heaven, on earth. Let there be peace to the people with whom he is pleased. And so the angel left the shepherds, went back to heaven. And the shepherds said to each other, Let us go to Bethlehem and see this big thing that has happened that the Lord told us about. So they went running and they found Mary and Joseph. And there was the baby lying in a feed box. When they saw the baby, they told what the angels had said about this child. And everyone was surprised when they heard what the shepherds told them. But Mary continued to think about these things, trying to understand them. The shepherds went back to their sheep, praising God thanking him for everything that they had seen and heard. It was just like the angel had said. Without any context, if you had never heard that story and you knew nothing of Jesus, what sense would that make? Why did the angels appear to shepherds? Why do people need a savior? Is this just an old folk tale that no one really believes is true? Like all the folk tales that these students told about their festivities. And that's when it happened. Veronica turned to Amy when everyone else had left. And she said, it's true, isn't it? It's true. As we had studied together, Amy said, I always tried to answer her questions and to ask some in return. I never suggested to her that she should invite Jesus into her heart that she should repent of her sin, that she should make him her Lord. I never told her that she could pray a prayer and be assured of eternity in heaven. I never asked her if she knew what would happen to her if she died tonight. I felt the cultural dynamics were just way too tricky. In this culture, students were expected to say yes to whatever a teacher said. Sometimes I'd invite my students to come over to watch a movie. Can you come tonight? 
around seven. They'd smile and they'd say, maybe. But they never came. I finally figured out that when the student said maybe, it was simply a polite way of saying no. They couldn't say no to me. I was their teacher. So for me to ask Veronica to follow Jesus and for her to say no would have been unthinkable. So I never asked. And that is why it's remarkable that as she read the story and she searched the scripture, the Holy Spirit said within her heart, this is true. And so she said, I know this story is true, but I'm not good enough to be a Christian. We sat facing each other on the woven mat on the apartment floor, our plate of pear slices and cup of green tea forgotten. I looked at her thoughtfully and I asked her to tell me what about the stories she thought was true. Veronica had fire in her eyes. God loves me, she said. God loves us even though we don't deserve it. Jesus really lived. He died. He rose again. What Jesus said in this book is the most, the most beautiful way of life I've ever heard of. But I can never live up to it. I looked into her serious, troubled eyes, and I felt a smile creeping into the corner of my mouth. Veronica, if you believe that, if you believe that this is true, then you are already a Christian. You are a part of God's family. We both paused. Joy and disbelief exploded across her face. Really, she said? She couldn't stop smiling. Normally, melancholy, even cynical, now her, fo her face opened up. Yeah, you don't have to be good enough to be a Christian. You only have to believe in Jesus, in God's grace, his love for you, and the Holy Spirit will come into your life and he will begin to change you. And you already believe that. That's all that God asks. We talked more. We both prayed. Veronica hugged me and she left. And I could tell by the look on her face, face that she was treasuring up these things in her heart. And just like Mary pondering them. As many as received him, to those who believe on his name, to those ones, he gave the right to be the children of God. My friend, 
the story's true. The Word became flesh. He dwelt among us. We beheld His glory. Glory is of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. And of His grace we have all received. The story is true. Do you believe? Matt, would you come and lead us in a song and uh, close us in prayer? I'm so glad you were able to be with us tonight. I hope that as you gather with family and friends, wherever that may be, tonight, tomorrow, that Jesus Christ, our risen Lord, ascended to the throne, who came, was born of a virgin, that he will be the focus of what you do. And so, Matt, would you close us tonight? accepted you and they continue to walk in darkness Lord you came to be light to give light to our lives to give meaning to give purpose that we could be light for you in a very dark world and Lord I pray for that one individual or maybe a couple that may be here in this room tonight that haven't believed that haven't accepted. Lord, I pray that they would humble themselves, even as they sit there now tonight, and that they would accept you, place their trust in you, and believe that you alone can take away the sins that they have been carrying. 
Lord, that truly is the greatest gift of all. And Lord, for those who know it, we celebrate it like no other. Because this is the meaning of Christmas. And we celebrate together because what you have done on our behalf. And we thank you. Truly thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Merry Christmas. You are dismissed.